Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into our podcast-only version of uh, this Sunday pod. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox crew. We got uh, our trivia champion, Vinny Duber. Uh, and our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Over the weekend, Sean, we had a uh, a family gathering, kind of a belated holiday gathering uh, at, at my parents' house. And I'm trivia champion both on and off this show. One oh. trivial per- one trivial pursuit again. Uh, you know, I'm it's 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 kind of my it's kind of my only thing that I'm that I'm good at. What's what's the week? I mean, everyone has a week category, though, because, I mean, you know, you got to make up the pie. What, what's out of the six categories? What's the what's your weakest link? I think I uh, I think I shared this with everyone where it's, you know, it's the books one, the lit- you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're one that focuses on the books. The thing is, as time has gone on, you get in some more modern references, uh, you know, and particularly uh, if you get a comic book uh, question in there, I can I can knock that one out of the park. So, uh no, no category is safe from me, Sean. Less, less John Steinbeck, more Stan Lee. Um, I, I've always struggled with science. You know, I don't, I don't understand why we need to bring that in. It's, it's well, my, it's, my dad, my dad's a science teacher, so I got that, I got that oh, going too. There you go. Usually, so though, I'm playing against him, so it's uh, he's got he's got that one mastered. But uh, certainly, I've been inherited some of that as well. Right. And especially when you're playing Trivial Pursuit, I mean, you know, ho- hopefully you're you're retaining something. Uh, and that's Herb Lawrence. Hello, and my worst subject is—is is it the brown one? Is that the literature one? Yeah, they got rid of it. That's purple the... now, I think. But yeah, it was brown okay. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I sucked at that one it, too. Yours is brown. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I used to play with my former, sorry, girlfriend that they love Trivial Pursuit. That was like the first time I played in high school, and after I was like, wow, this is a thing. And I understand why people enjoy that game and play it with family. It's a very fun time. Yeah, it's great. There was a the most recently I played a like a PS4 version of it, um, which is hey, you know, as modern as you can get, folks, and it's it's still as good. Uh, you can follow Herb on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. On today's episode, uh, maybe we'll talk more Trivial Pursuit. I, I think on on Thursday we might try to have to recruit some people in and have an actual uh, game show. Maybe we'll make White Sox Trivial Pursuit. Um, I don't know if there's a science uh, socks category though. Maybe. Maybe, uh, but on today's is everywhere, Sean, we can get the sod father in on that one. Yeah. Maybe. Ooh, sod father. Uh, maybe that's where I could go. Real culture, uh, real stat casty. I could get all, uh, you know, uh, physics on because physics is science, you know, it's true. Uh, that, that's where they come up with all these garbled, uh, stat abbreviations is science. Uh, but we'll, on today's episode, uh, we'll be talking about electronic strike zones coming to, uh, the AAA, uh, leagues. Why am I, ch- I, I, host a baseball podcast we've been hosting a baseball podcast for 10 months uh at this point too i took over locked on socks for you know i think in december so it's been at least a year and a month what why can i not realize is it triple a just triple a yeah. okay well, I, I for some I, I i know what it's called i just it's for some reason it's not rolling off the tongue today everybody uh, understands that that's like you're looking at a <laughs> word you're like is i spell that right and it's like there this? and you're looking at it forever is like yes this is the there for people and their possessions 
I can't believe it. Uh, but yeah, all triple A parks will be using the electronic strike zone in 2023. Uh, we'll talk about that report and what it can mean for Major League Baseball. We have arbitration hearings. Ooh, everybody's favorite well, we topic. Don't, we don't have our no hearings to be heard of for the White right. Sox. Yeah, uh, a lot of agreements. You know, you know it's a happy times uh, in, in the South Side on 35th and Shields. Uh, we'll give you those uh, numbers that they came to agreement with. And uh, we'll also, uh, you know, talk about the payroll now and what, what it sits at. Uh, and then we'll also talk a little bit more about Liam Hendricks. But let's jump into the automatic strike zone. Uh, Buster Olney from ESPN reported back on January 12th that the electronic strike zone will be used in 30 class uh, AAA parks. See, it just it class didn't want to say triple. It didn't want to say triple A. I don't know. It's it's class. Well, just put triple A. I don't know. Great. This is brutal. Oh, my um, God. Parks in 2023, uh, seemingly another significant step towards the implementation of the technology at the big league level. Uh, the automatic balls and strike system, commonly referred to as ABS, getting used to that abbreviation, will be deployed in two ways. Half of the AAA games. See, I don't even need to say class tr- class. Class AA, like what? Like just say no one says AAA. that. It's AAA. I, well, I, I'm reading it, and I it's I it won't process any other way besides Class AAA. Uh, half slower. Of the, <laughs> half of the AAA games uh, will be played with all the calls being determined by the electronic strike zone, and the other half will be played with an ABS challenge system similar to that used in professional tennis. Uh, if you guys have watched tennis, my favorite park is the Hawkeye technology uh, where they have the 3D camera and show you whether it was off or on the line. Uh, and uh, so the 15 parks will use the challenge system. 15 parks will use an automated system uh, that will just basically, the pitch will be thrown and then uh, from the booth, they will tell the umpire, ball or strike and then he will just make the physical call but he will not make any judgment calls besides safe or home uh on plays at the plate um so and enforcing other fun ump rules um but what do we make of this report that now all triple a uh clubs will be using an automated strike zone in 2023 two thumbs up let's go let's get the let's get this completely taken care of and get this into major league baseball i don't even need to do the challenge thing I mean, it's interesting, I guess, but I mean, come on, ball strike. That's it. Get it right every single time. You do it on TV. They've been doing it on TV for the last decade. Uh, they can do it in the actual games, um, probably with much greater accuracy, because as we all know from watching baseball on TV, those boxes are you know not official, certainly. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I mean, it just goes to show you, listen, I think the umpires do a fantastic job, but they're guys. They're humans. And so they're not going to get everything 100% right all of the time. Let's just make the rule where you can get it 100% right all of the time. Then you don't need to have anybody complaining about umps or, you know, that, oh, the team got hosed because of the umpire strike zone. No, it, you, you throw the ball in the rectangle and let's go. Uh, I, I, I'm very much in favor of that. Uh, if you can get something right 100% of the time, do it. Uh, I, I know there's been some folks who say, oh, but the human element makes it fun, that kind of thing. There's already enough kind of weird, non-standard things about baseball. We can have the strike zone be standardized, so there's uh, less complaining, I think. I think everybody agrees to have the best system available to get every call as right as it can be. Even this thing will probably have a couple quirks, a couple things that are off, because you can't. Eloy Jimenez, I know it's not the major leagues, Eloy Jimenez is 6'5", and Nick Madrigal is like 5'2". Um, I'm exaggerating. He's like 5'9". But what's the strike zone? How do they calibrate that? Every time do they do that, every guy who bets comes up or they the 
generic strike zone for every batter. That can't be true. So it sounds great in theory, but in practice, we're going to see it. That's why they're doing it, I think, both ways to see, okay, which one of these would be more beneficial for us moving forward? I would say in the future, you would have a challenge one. That would be much more um, pleasant to everybody. You still have the human element behind the plate of the umpire giving his actual physical call. And then if a batter or, and or pitcher wants to challenge a call, I don't know how many you would get. I would, wouldn't hope a lot, maybe two per game. You get to challenge a call to change the uh, strike or ball call. So I think it's good that they're trying out things in AAA, and I hope it gets adapted pretty soon, like in the major leagues. Once they see one of them works better than the other one or a, amalgamation of the two, go with it. Well, and to your point about batting stances, uh, I, I did, uh, you know, in reading up about this, uh, basically it's the, uh, not Hawkeye, because now I'm thinking of the tennis one, uh, TrackMan uh, data, uh, and they have three different cameras, and this was back when, you know, they were testing this in 2019. Uh, they had d- three different cameras pointed at home plate, um, created the box, right, that we see on TV, and then had the batting stances of each player before the season, and, you know, then the box was created off of their heights and, you know, where they're bending their knees and everything. Um, now, obviously, you know, they'll need more live data because what if a guy starts bending his knees more during the season? Uh, you know, Luis Roberts started opening up his legs more. What if someone is changing their stance uh, to, you know, really put more weight in their legs? Uh, you know, that that obviously is going to need to be something that is is tested and tweaked. But, you know, that was three years ago. I think that they're obviously making these uh, changes. And with MLB data, they should be able to have, you know, live data to have the best possible strike zone. Um, I'm but why full- even, but why even go, why even go that far? Why do you need, why does it matter what the batter's stance is? I mean, I, I, and I'm just talking theoretically, right? Because like, obviously you're not gonna have the same strike zone for Aaron judge as you do Jose Altuve, but make the batter hit the, hit the ball in the box. You know what I mean? Like why it's like, Oh, well now I'm crouched two thirds of an inch more. Now you need to change the strike zone. No, go up there. But you know where the strike zone is. Go up there and hit hit the ball as if it's painted on the air. That's what I. That's what makes sense to me. And again, you can adjust for height. You know, obviously there is wildly different physical um, statures between uh, amongst Major League Baseball players. But you know, if you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to bend everybody else cater to me because I need to bend over a little bit more to hit better. No, learn how to hit better with the ball in the box. This I love that thing, take. Like, <laughs> that's I, a great I, take, and it's a good take, and I agree with Vinny. But <laughs> like. These are humans who are controlling the system, right? Because if the number two hitter comes up and he's 5'10", and the number three hitter comes up and he's six foot seven, and who's changing this? Is this a person changing this? How does it? How do we know that it's accurate while he's changing it to the right person with the strike zone type of thing? I, mean, I hope everyone's doing their job. They, I'd assume they'd be, a, you know, just like the umpire, a third party hired by the MLB. Yeah, I wouldn't be you too would, worried that there'd be. You would you hope know, so. Cooking but, the you know, books. You, I, 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 no, I, I, and not even doing it on purpose. The books? They got a job to do. Not even doing it on purpose. I'm just saying, like, mess up. You know, I was on the board all the time like for the score. I wasn't trying to mess up anytime. You were and on I messed Twitter. up a lot. But it'd be, it'd be honest. I was, no, I, 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 no, I saw you a couple I was, times. Or, I, was yeah, strictly, I was doing it no. too. Well, I, when I was late in my uh, Cubs career, <laughs> I was definitely doing When my first got hired by Mitch, I wanted to follow his rules to a T so I didn't get fired. After a while, I was like, nah, 
F that. It right. So matter. the first year, I mean, 2024, if they implement it, I mean, the, the, the strike zone and all that stuff should be perfectly fine because the person's going to be on it. It's year, you know, 2034 that they might be slipping up and Aaron Judge will be getting a Jose Altuve strike zone. Um, but I do, you did have a question like, when will this be implemented? We did see the uh, pitch clock be implemented into AAA uh, last year. We saw uh, the pickoff rule be implemented in to uh, uh, AAA as well. We saw the shift rule also be implemented into AAA as well. Is it a one-year thing? Do they test this out for one year? Um, and, and Or do they test out both ways, the challenge system and the all balls and strikes are ch chosen by the ABS, and then they test out that full r run for 2024, and then it's coming to MLB in 2025? I think 2024 you will see uh, automated strike zones in Major League Baseball. When you bring up the whole challenge thing, I think that probably is the one you'll see because there is a Major League Baseball umpires union, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm not quite sure you get them to sign off on having their most um, high-profile job completely 100% taken away from them. Uh, that would be my thought, a, a prediction. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the way it's going to go, but um, typically they have done these types of things in different leagues all over the place. In fact, I think that's a reason why some of the leagues that were done away with uh, when they restructured minor league baseball were actually kept as those affiliated leagues um, just because uh, they want to be able to test this stuff out. And, you know, we've been hearing about robot strike zones for a long time, robot umps for a long time. They've done this in leagues across the country that just weren't official minor league baseball leagues. Now they're like, all right, we've seen enough, put it in a triple A. We'll do one full, very close eyed test of it. And then it'll be in major league baseball the next year. I think by 2024, this time next year, we'll be talking about uh, robot umps uh, coming to the big leagues. Can we please have embodied robot umps? Please, just like a person behind there, R2-D2, whoever. Get, just get, get Walt Disney Imagineering on this. Uh, get an audio animatronic umpire at every stadium. Just pops uh, up out of the ground behind home plate. It'd be so great. I'm like, I get it. There are people are losing jobs. And that's, that's sad. You can add those left and right field line jobs to the umpires during the regular season so they don't lose too many jobs. Just give me a, a robot ump. Oh, my God. That would be so much better. Just, I mean, more more for my entertainment. That's all. be I hilarious. Absolutely. Oh. I mean, hey. if they're going to be calling the calls, and I, I just think back to Lesser, God rest his soul, Gus Grobstein would literally thought there was going to be like a rosy from the Jetsons behind home plate saying <laughs> strike one. That's a they ball. Should. They should. Oh. Now I think wonderful. about it. Les was on to something. Les was on to something. I mean, hey, that man was, was a genius. Um, what, what I'm excited for is that I have a reference and now it won't actually download, which I'm frustrated with. Um, I have a reference uh, to a, an umpire robot that you guys don't get. Um, I have a reference to make you guys feel cool I guess, thanks old. for explaining this will be great to explain right? this over Isn't an audio this medium yeah. do you guys remember oh no now it's a background i can't make oh yeah of course now. clanky oh, no. oh you do you know clanky okay yeah, hell, I know yeah. Clanky? No. Come oh, on. hell yeah back no. here baseball you're acting like Vinny's my age Vinny's like in between us well i'm but i'm glad that Vinny has something you know Vinny has this with it. me you know, good. Me and me and me and Vinny could talk about backyard baseball uh, and Mr. Mr. Clanky, the Mr. automatic Clanky. strike zone when we were young. Uh, this is the guy that they should put behind home plate. You, they already have their C3PO uh, of baseball. It's Mr. Clanky. That's a good call. Mr. Thank Clanky you. robot umps. You need to put make sure you blast that picture out on Twitter when you promote this episode. OK, and batters uh, okay. are not included into Mr. Clanky. We have to put them in every once in a while. Triple D's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Batteries not included. Not yeah, you need to run, run down, run down to the CVS and get some, get, get, get some Duracells. 
and uh, are these the one that you could put between your t- your your tongue? Uh, nine volts. Those are nine volts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's why give, my, give hey, that's why my memory is so uh so off because I was doing. Don't all those do nine that, volts. anyone listening I, at home. That's I, a terrible I, idea. I was. only dumb batteries. people do that. <laughs> only dumb people do it, kids. Don't do um, it. So like let's. Me. I think you bring up a good point about the uh, umpire union, Vinny. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about this uh, challenge system. So it will be basically the umpires making the calls, strike ball, um, and what will happen is each team will be allowed three challenges per game with teams retaining challenges in case they are proved correct. Uh, so, you know, if you challenge, that was a ball, it was a, uh, and it was actually, or, you know, an umpire calls it a strike and you get the challenge correct. You'll retain those challenges. Uh, the MLB's intention is to use the data and feedback from both systems over the full slate to inform, inform fewer, fewer choices. Um, and then this is also in Buster's piece. Uh, the Class A South League adopted the challenge system in which the plate umpires called balls and strikes, but the batter and pitcher and catcher each had the power to challenge the decision on a particular uh, pitch. Um, but the, as one official noted, this seemed to foster another layer of in-game strategy with managers and coaches, uh, staffs guiding players on the best manner to use these challenges, avoiding frivolous calls and challenges, protecting them from uh, you know, a guy just getting pissed off at the first call yeah. being a ball or strike. Do not under any circumstances give that challenge power to the players because uh, <laughs> how many times have we seen, uh, you know, be it Javi Baez or some other uh, major leaguer slide in the second base, you're out. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 challenge. Come on. You got to do this. And like 90% of the time, the coaching staff's just like, no, we're not. We're not challenging that. Um, <laughs> but, oh, my God, if you were to give that power to major leaguers, every time a call goes against them. Yep, yep, challenge that you one. That, that one's done. Point. You'd have you'd have three your three challenges would be gone by the end of the second inning. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think it's a, an interesting way of strategy. Hey, people are upset the shift's going, so why not have this challenge system? Because also, too, uh, this is from Twinkie Town, an SB Nation blog uh for the twins. Sorry, I'm going to Minnehota Herb, but uh her mm-hmm. ump scorecards, uh everyone's favorite Twitter account. Uh 2022 sets the record for lowest percentage of games where the overall accuracy was under 90%. It's at the hot record for highest percentage of games where the overall accuracy equaled 95% or higher. Um, and the lowest percent of games where the overall favor uh, was, you know, plus one to a certain team. Uh, the games that were 90% or below reached 5.6%. Back in 2015, it was 40.2%. So obviously this technology has just been able to help the humans uh, learn and, and, and grow as well. Um, the 95 plus percentile stat uh, in 2015, that was at 4.2%. 2022, it's at 31.5%. Last year it was at 28.2%. So even a 3% growth they are getting better uh and then also you know just they're they're getting younger too uh you know there is some overturn uh recently and then also uh for overall favor uh the overall favor one run plus to a different team uh in 2015 it was at 14.3 percent in 2021 it was at eight percent and this year it's at uh 7.6 percent so it's getting closer the umps are becoming less of a difference um so that's why i do think the challenge system is probably their best route because you don't have to deal with the union. Um, it's it's just for the improvement of the game. You know, the coaches get to have something else they get to do. They get to go on the little phone and make a little call to their little guy. And, you know, I, I think it's fun. And if it's only three challenges and, you know, if you get rewarded for getting it right, I, I think that's a good number to start at. Well, I'll say this. Um, you know, for the first thing I want people to know from what you were just saying is, hey, look, 
the umpires are pretty good. The, mm-hmm. the, the umps are umps do a fine job. Uh, it is uh, obviously part of being a fan to uh, complain about the umpires all the time. Sean, Herb, you guys do it all the time during the year. Right. Um, and so I get it. Uh, it's just part of the part of the experience. Uh, here's what I would say. And again, uh, you know, I'm a very pro-union man myself, but uh, if we can get to 100%, why not do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Why are we saying like, oh, well, hey, 95% of it, you got it, you got 95% of it right. Well, the technology exists to get 100. So just get 100. And Herb, like you said, uh, I thought that was a really good idea. Go ahead and put the to the guys down the lines, uh, you know, for, for every single game of the year. Not only are you, uh, you know, you get to keep the guy at home plate because you got to make calls at the plate. Mm-hmm. You got to do all sorts of other stuff. There's going to be a whole lot of people uh, enforcing pitch clocks uh, all year long in, in, in Major League Baseball this year. Uh, go ahead and put two more of them down there. You just created you just created 30 more jobs a day uh, in Major League Baseball for the umpires. Um, yeah, I think, Sean, what you said with the challenge thing, it's not the best way to go. It's probably the most realistic way that things are going to end up getting done. But um, I would just like to see 100% of the calls right every game. That would be nice. No, that's not a bad point you make. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, these are professionals, and we know they're humans at the same time. So they won't be 100%. As long as it doesn't look like they're trying to be the game, like so many umpires in the past have, I think most people would be like, hey, this is fine. But like Vinny said, if there's a way you can get close to 100 if not 100%, there's no reason not to try it. And I see this, and I don't know if you're going to be saying this next, Sean, but I see these umpires retiring in a mass exodus this year. And I don't know if this is because they know that new rules are coming or they're all just came together. It's like, oh, let's just retire because there's seven crew chiefs retiring, just done. Like Tom Hallion, Ted Barrett, Jerry Mills, Greg Gibson, Jim Reynolds, Bill Welke, and Sam Hellbrook are all gone not coming back and maybe they're thinking man i don't want to have to deal with this that or the other i put in my time i got my pension i'm ghost type of thing and uh, i hope these young cats it seems like uh, the the pat holbergs of the world take over and kind of you don't know his name because he's such a professional there's no necessary um issue with this guy because he doesn't have an ego he's usually on his calls either balls or strikes and he moves forward, and we don't know umps for the most part anymore because the calls are accurate, either with this challenge system or with the AI that we're or the uh, whatever they're calling the tennis system that they're going to maybe implement. And and Herb, you brought up the the guy who just uh, called a perfect game in the World Series. Uh, you know, remember how big of a deal that was? Oh my God, he didn't miss a call the whole game. Well, what if that was just every game? <laughs> <laughs> this guy did something a computer can do. With no effort, a computer can just do it like it was made to do it. Uh, Pat Ho- Hoberg, uh, you know, maybe he's the, the real Mr. Clanky. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he would do better if someone was just telling him ball or strike. Uh, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's a fair point. But uh, I, I did find the just as uh, Jesse Rogers uh, back in December reporting on uh, the 10 umps retiring. Some of the retirements are due to nagging injuries, while others are coincidental as a group of the umpires entered the league around the same time after a labor dispute saw 22 former umpires resign at the end of the last century. So it just seems like time. Uh, it doesn't have to do with any of the upcoming rule changes, nor the possibility of automatic uh, balls and strike system being instituted in the near future. Um, and the league will just promote 10 new umpires. So uh, no, I, I don't think there's anything controversial there. I think, you know, I, I think umpires are there for the good of the game. 
also too this was mentioned in buster's uh uh piece but catchers are gonna have to do less if umpires have to do less catchers have to do less like yasmani grandal is a great framer but he can't really throw or do anything else really behind there. Um, but if his only job was then to throw, would he be able to improve that? Or even better of a question, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber was a catcher in the college days, but you know his arm wasn't that good. He wasn't super quick. He wasn't the best framer. But if all he has to do is just go sit back there and receive, Kyle Schwarber can move to catcher. You know, well, this is I obviously think... just you know, I'm just trying to. Be... Let's put it yeah. this way. I think you're looking on the, I think you're looking at the bright side of that argument, right? Which is like, oh, yes, has all this extra time to practice all this stuff and oh. he'll get much better. <laughs> I think the question becomes if your main attribute is that you're a good framer, do you have, do you get paid right. as much or do you have a job anymore? Do you, you know, I, it, these, there are so many of these guys um, who get uh, particularly backup jobs, right? Because they're so adept at handling a pitching staff, which means getting those guys to throw strikes. Um, if what that catcher is doing is resulting in a trick of a strike, right? And if they're framing to convince the human eye behind home plate that that was a strike uh, and you don't have to do, and that's not a thing anymore, do they go to somebody else? Do they say, all right, we're going to get the guy who can hit 250 right. as opposed to you hitting 210 and, and, but being a really good framer. My, my point war, more was, does it turn into a designated hitter position? Basically? Like, I, I mean, don't know if, if it's if that it's... much, you're still going to need to throw guys out. You're still going to need to not have a bunch of wild pitches or pass balls. Um, and you're still going to have to call a game, right? Because you're, sure. you're trying, you're trying to, uh, you're trying to get guys out. You're not trying to necessarily just get the robot to, to light up a certain, uh, you know, color of light so i i think very much almost all of the attributes of being a catcher will remain but that one framing which of course became very in vogue for for people to follow over the last decade or so um it just goes out the window it doesn't exist anymore there's no such thing as framing because the machine is going to tell you with 100 percent accuracy whether it was a ball or a strike and that too and then um, we can framing s- also has gotten better uh so that's probably helped umpires uh, as well uh get better or make umpires make worse calls. Like, you know, how these good framers do, like to come from the bottom and lift up a bot, a low strike to be a, a ball that was clearly a strike or clearly a ball to be a strike. So I kind of like that that nonsense will go away because it gives an unfair advantage to great framers. And yes, we have a supposed great framer in Yasmani Grandal, but I just want balls to be called balls and strikes to be called strikes. That's all I want. And I'm sure that's what the players want. They just want a defined line. This is the strike zone. We're going to call balls, balls, strike strikes. And everybody's like, all right, cool. We're on a, we're on a fair, uh, uh, even playing field because you know, these humans have feelings about these players. You see, after they start, stop playing, they go on things like, Oh man, this did guy did this. I love that guy. That guy was so great. Or that guy yelled at me for every time. I didn't like him too much. You don't think those emotions go through a professional umpire's mind, like a Joe West, like an Andrew Hernandez, those more unprofessional umpires, in my estimation, kind of use their emotions to rule the call. And so instead of all that, have a guy back there who's just relaying the call from the from the computer or giving his best call, and then if somebody wants to challenge it, I don't think any competent umpire would be like, why are you challenging my call? Because for the most part, they're going to be borderline calls anyways. And if somebody disagrees with your borderline call, I think any profession would be like, hey, I can see why you disagree because it went against you. I'll accept your challenge type of thing. And they will be 
hey, I want to be made better. If it goes against me, fine. I want things to be right. I think any umpire who gets into the business wants to be the arbiter that they started as, not the guy who's just an egomaniac. Herb, you you raise your voice about a ball or a strike call right now. You get thrown out of the game. You're not, yes. you're not allowed to do that. And guess what? This eliminates that altogether. I know people, you know, listen, we always talk about this being an entertainment product. And there are people who like to see, uh, you know, old guys uh, in, in baseball pants screaming at somebody else. Uh, but listen, we don't need that. They're at work. Mm. Take it easy. Calm down. This, you don't need to, you can't argue balls and strikes because it's right. That right there, that's right. There's no question. There's no borderline call. It's just, it is or it isn't. And you, and you go, okay, that's it. Good job. <laughs> hey, I don't think you're remembering the uh, the former White Sox slogan. What was it? Like, it's passion, passion and pride, uh, or pride and passion. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, this is, you know, you got, you got to play with a little bit of edge. You know, you got to run out there and protect your boys. Uh, you think someone's going to go go up and start screaming at the robot? Does Mr. Is somebody going to get in Mr. Clanky's face? <laughs> I mean, well, Mr. Clanky could want, I think he used to box. I think there was a, a soccer boxing one, too. So I think he had a, a little robot uh, windmill he could do. Um, maybe, the, too, like, you know, umpire school could be a little bit less serious now you don't have to worry about balls and strikes it's just about getting plays at the plate right maybe they get more of a diffuser you know we don't want to see these guys get ejected we don't want to see these people getting mad and yelling at each other what if you get like jim gaffigan out there to start telling some jokes make people laugh you know forget about the bad call because there wasn't a bad call the robot just fixed it and you know you're wearing funny pants um you know I'll, i wonder this though if you kick dirt on to mr clanky does he shut down briefly do they need to go <laughs> clean that out of there <laughs> Get take the cartridge out, <laughs> blow on it, and then slam it back in. I don't think this is surprising, but I was on TikTok, uh, and uh, this is this also fact is not surprising. I don't think it's surprising that I was on TikTok, but it's also probably not surprising uh, that I saw that Chuck E. Cheese still runs, or there is still a system at Chuck E. Cheese where they still send their stores floppy disks to run the band. So they get they got a 2022-2023 floppy disk, put it in the computer, and it took like 23 minutes to just boot the computer up. Uh, and then he had to put two different DVDs in to actually get the band going. Uh, so the, They still have the band at Chuck E. Cheese? That seems like something modern children would not find entertaining. I, I mean, I loved it. <laughs> I, when I, I was, was a kid, but yeah, it's I thought it was terrifying. Yeah, yeah, the rock of fire, whatever explosion band with the big ass gorilla. No, I'm mm -hmm. good. It's like put up the most scariest animal up there and have them have those animatronic eyes and it's looking at you during your sixth birthday. Oh, with, I don't know if they, on them. I don't know if they still have it, but uh, about six, maybe about a year, six months or a year ago, the the Logan Arcade over in Logan Square, they have one of those old. I don't think it's a Ooh. Chuck E. Cheese, but it's they have an old band and they dressed it up as Rush and made it sing Rush songs. Hell yeah! <laughs> now that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, go to cool. a concert where cool. that thing is doing different concerts. Yeah, that'll be great, but not that goddamn gorilla. Do you know Whatever what it's called, Vinny? Do I know what? I mean, I read it at one point. I don't remember. Yeah. The band, the animatronic band at, uh, what is it? Logan, Logan Arcade. Arcade. Yeah. Logan Arcade. The Rush band is called Rough. Yes, of course. Rough. Because right? it's a dog. Yeah, right. Because it's a dog. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. If it's still, uh, I, I need to go. I need to go to me. If it's still there, I can't, I can't waste I, this opportunity. I need to still go see it. I just found this Reddit post from 2022. Uh, 
in way, way back when in 2022 10 months ago hey well that's just saying you know 10 months ago it could be uh it could be still there it could be recent it's like enough. right down the street from my house i should just go check it out go take a jaunt go take a jaunt i'm gonna take a quick ad break you go take a jaunt over to the the, the logan arcade and go visit rough uh we'll, we'll see you in a second chicago you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team so get fitted in the best sports gear around foco has you covered from soldier field to the living room north mm. Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, F-O-C-O. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O, or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. You White Sox fans who love bobbleheads, you can get a new Andrew Benatendi University of Arkansas bobblehead on there and get it for 10% off. Or you could also get the uh, Dallas Keiko Gold Glove bobblehead. There's, uh, you know, some more fan favorites out there like Luis Robert and everything. But, you know, who doesn't want a Dallas Keiko uh, Gold Glove? And, hey, uh, we got to tell you, let you know about uh, Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, 50-yard line, courtside, behind home pl- plate, floor seats at the concert, uh, right up on the glass when the Seattle Kraken beat the Blackhawks 8-5 to five, uh, and are, are the only team in NHL or NBA history to have a seven-game road winning streak. Um, you could do that with game time. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on historical Blackhawks tickets or even Bulls tickets. Uh, as we're recording this, uh, if we wrap this up in you know about 15 minutes, we could head over to the United Center and see the Warriors and Bulls play. Uh, so it, and we could find the biggest last-minute tri- price drops on game time. So it was created by the fans for the fans, guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets to the link in the description. Join over 15 million people. People who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All your favorite events like arbitration hearings. Uh, but the White Sox won't be doing any of that. The White Sox wanted to I don't avoid think you that. can buy tickets to that. Oh, I will. Let's go down behind closed closed doors. The height of secrecy. That, 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 and Zoom calls at this point, right? I mean, th- with all the ones that they probably have on days, it's probably like, all right, here, Lucas Giolito has joined. White Sox have joined. Lucas Giolito, and then they both leave. Uh, and, and that's probably an arbitration hearing. I don't know. I've never been to one. Uh, but anyways, uh, the White Sox will avoid that. Uh, so we did go through this, I think about a month ago or so. We went through the MLB trade rumor projections and looked at where the White Sox might be payroll-wise. And the MLB trade rumors projected the White Sox to have about $22.6 million uh, in arbitration hearings between Lucas Giolito Dylan Cease, Ronaldo Lopez, Michael Kopech, and Jose Ruiz, and the actual number, twenty-two point seven million. Uh, the biggest differences. They're good at that. Pretty good at that. Uh, that's they're professionals. They get paid. Uh, again, Herb, you know, it, it's just like the the strike zone people that you're you're already bashing, even though they don't have jobs. Uh, you know, they they'll, they'll, they they're professionals. They'll they'll, they'll, they'll do their work. Um, but Lucas Giolito was projected to get ten point eight. His actual number is ten point four. Dylan C's projected number was 5.3. His actual was 5.7. Ronaldo Lopez's projected number was 3.3. His actual number is 3.625. Michael Kopech was projected to get 2.2. His actual was 2.05. And Jose Ruiz was projected for 1 million, but they are bringing him back for $925,000. Uh, anything interesting jumping out from arbitration numbers? Not really. Is it that Lucas Giolito and the White Sox came to an agreement because they didn't or had the little spat uh, or minor spat last uh, last time? 
Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, obviously those things are are performance-based. Uh, you know, when they do go to arbitration, those are performance-based. And uh, coming off of a number of years of, of really good performance, Lucas Giolito probably had a very nice case to get paid more. Not quite sure if that was the uh, the same situation after he had a disappointing year last year. But um, as me and Herb uh, always point out, these numbers only go up. You don't you don't get your salary decreased uh, through arbitration usually. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it's not I, I don't really think it's very interesting. It's right on the money of, of what those folks projected over there. And um, I, I don't really think it makes a big difference in terms of uh, what the White Sox might uh, do before opening day or, or, or not do. Yeah, and looks Giolito's money is right where Brandon Woodruff's money is at. So he's getting paid where more a better pitcher is listed. But as Vinny said, he couldn't go down. So and there was no argument because he's like, Yeah, man, I was terrible. And I'm not gonna be asking for more money than the White Sox are offering because you know I didn't deserve that. But I guarantee that this year it's gonna be motivated to make that number seem minuscule because this is Walker. He needs to have a solid year for him to establish himself as a top of the rotation pitcher, which will give him top of the rotation money. If not, he'll be in this $15 million you know, uh, area, and it'll be kind of weird because he's a better pitcher than that. I can see him being a top of the rotation guy, but he didn't pitch like that last year. So 10-4 makes perfect sense for him. I just like I'm astounded by how much more money Dylan Cease makes this year than last year and he's still getting underpaid like i know it's a system but it's a ridiculous system where dylan cease finally gets five million and I'm like man white Sox are getting away with robbery but it's the system well, it's not the white Sox. it might be who has set up the system and these players who have agreed to it think about carlos correa and this whole drama and everything like carlos correa was the best player on or one of the best players in the 2017 Astros. And he was probably making like $900,000. And that's why this guy fought tooth and nail two different times to try to get $300 million from the Mets and giants and tried to get it last year from the twins and tried to take that bridge contract and just couldn't get it. And that's why like these deals are so important when these guys become free agents. And that's why we just had a lockout because these guys were trying to get the most amount of money for them performing when they're not getting paid. You're you're 100 right that Cease is getting underpaid, um, and it's not his fault. He can't really fight for anything higher than 5.7. Yeah, and I, the thing is too, it's like I know these players are happy and they're you know have 5.6 million. Awesome, anybody would want that. But it's just like man, <laughs> he just like almost like six, six seven times his his average salary from last year. Like he went through the roof of that. And he's getting underpaid. Like he, like your boss said, hey, man, you get a raise. It's awesome. And you get paid much more than you ever had in your life. And you're still like, man, I ain't going to accept nothing close to this when, uh, in a couple of years. Like if this is going to be per month type of salary in a couple of years for Dylan Cease. Right. I mean, he, he might post the six war season this year and be making less than a million dollar per war that he put up. And that's, that's just absurd at, at, at this year being second in Cy Young. Uh, the one thing that I do want to bring and up that's is, what I, uh, and I would think like he, like for a pitcher, I would usually tell him like if the White Sox came to him and said, Hey man, let's do a your deal. What eats up a couple of your arb years. And then on the backside of your front side of your uh, free agent years for a certain amount of money that is market value. 
I don't know if I tell him to take it because of how much money they're throwing at pitchers this, this time of day, this year, and how filthy his stuff is. I couldn't say, hey, Dylan, just go for those two more years of arbitration and get through free agency and then see on the other side. That has his health on the line. That has his actual stats on the line. Like, if the White Sox come to him with a nice deal as a pitcher, I might have to take it because, yeah, $5 million won't have to do it. I have to get paid somewhere close to market value to feel happy about going with the White Sox further. So I know he has I, I, two more years before after this. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you brought up agents because we know that uh, Dylan obviously has made the switch over to Scott Boris, um, which seems like he will probably make a huge push for his free agent years. We'll obviously, you know, wait to be seen or it's yet to be seen for that. So many cease puns at the winter meetings. Just so I mean, many. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see any like cringy ones. I didn't see any like super bad ones, which I'm happy about. Did you, did you, can you share any? No, I mean, upcoming. One? Oh, oh, yeah. You mean, I mean, cease puns upcoming because, you know, I, I you. Boris was always talking about the guys who when are free agents he, when, in the yeah, moment. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I seem to remember somebody from the White Sox media contingent asking him about Carlos Rodon one year and he was like, yeah, yeah, he's good. You know what I mean? Like, and he was, <laughs> it was not, he was not a front burner business for, for Scott Boris at the time. Of course, now very much so this past offseason, but uh, we can only imagine the cease puns that are going to be coming from Scott Boris uh, once, once Dylan hits free agency. I, I got real excited. I thought there was already some uh, some some release, so that's why I was uh, I was getting excited. Uh, but I, I'm you know, glad you brought up a poet already, so he'll write them. Yeah, hey, I mean, he could probably you know sell those shirts and and make more money than his actual salary. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the agent stuff though, because um, obviously he's he made the switch to Scott Boris. Um, we'll be getting all those puns, but in there is Michael Kopech and his projected number was different than his final number. Uh, where did I close that out? Anyways. Uh, okay. It was under, um, it was, was under. under. I think yeah. he, he ended up at uh, point, uh, 2.05, but back on Jan 9th, Joel Sherman uh, had some agent news where White Sox starter Michael Kopech left CAA to be represented by headline sports group. Kopech is a first time uh, arbitration eligible uh, this off season. And obviously he was under the projected number. We don't know what the projected number lines up with the actual MLB number for what teams would have. Um, that's just MLB trade, no new uh, trade rumors projection, but I think the interesting thing here, and uh, thank you to Alex Rude for sharing this information with me or making this connection. Headline Sports Group does have another White Sox pitcher under uh, its its services, and that's Lance Lynn. And I think it's funny after Lance Lynn's uh, shutout against the Royals when he first made a start uh, in, in uh, guaranteed rate in 2021, uh, what he a person that really took on from him was Michael Kopech. He said, you know, Lance was talking about attacking in the strike zone. And this is when Michael was uh, in the bullpen and especially with guys on uh, base. He, he was like, I talked to Lance and he was just like, you got to be an attack. You got to attack. You got to attack. So I think it's interesting now that they are teaming up, quote unquote, uh, being the same agent. Uh, but the old agent of Michael Kopech was Ryan Hamill, who's also Lucas Giolito's agent, uh, the same agent that shared the emphasis on Lucas hitting free agent. Um, and obviously, you know, they had that whole spat between the arbitration. Um, so I think it's very interesting that that was the guy that used to represent uh, Lucas Giolito. And then also to uh, Lance Lynn made a change in his agent uh, back on June 22nd, 2021. Lance Lynn hired Headline Sports Group, which is led by Kevin Lustig. And this is from John Heyman to represent him. Headline is a new player uh, agent since January 2020 uh, in the sports agency field. Lynn is a free agent after the year. Um, and then 
probably about less than a month on J- July 17th, uh, Lance Lynn had a new extension. Uh, and the only two players that are under baseball uh, representation for Headline Sports Group is Lance Lynn and Michael Kopech. So thank you for that digging there, Alex Rude. But I think it's interesting that his number is under that projected ARB and he's making this agent change. I don't not saying Michael Kopech is going to sign an extension, but Herb, you brought up the cease idea there where you're buying out ARB numbers. We've seen the White Sox do this with Yoan Moncada, Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez. Is Michael Kopech next? I would give every single starting pitcher the advice to sign close to market deal extensions before you hit free agency. I know people want to hit that 28, 29, whatever year old uh, age, and then get 30 teams bidding on your services. But as a pitcher, as we've seen with Michael Kopech, as we've seen with the, the top pitchers, like you're one pitch away from Tommy John. I mean, 38 year old uh, Verlander had Tommy John surgery, missed the whole year. Luckily he already had money in the bank, but say if Michael Kopech goes out and pitches this year, as, as he often does, can't make it throughout the full season because of certain injuries, you know, that will subtract from his free agent dollars because now you're oft injured. Now it didn't hurt necessarily Carlos Rodon and his free agent pursuits because he showed in his last year with the White Sox and the year he was with the Giants that he was healthy enough to pitch for a majority of the innings during the season and pitch at a high level. I would say that's a gamble, especially if you're oft injured like Carlos Rodon was. If they're coming to Michael Kopech or Dylan Cease with a decent deal that's going to get them to maybe 32, 33 on the other side, you get a nice MLB check, but still enough meat in the bone on the backside if you pitch well enough to go to free agency anyway. I would say Michael Kopech especially should sign an extension with the White Sox. Dylan Cease, I can understand if he doesn't because he's projects to be top of the rotation pitcher by the time he hits there and his injury history doesn't look too bad in the majors i mean i don't know what i don't listen i i don't know how realistic (laughs) that is i think uh you know once you come up to the major league level and establish yourself as somebody who has a whole lot of talent and can do some stuff that most other people can't um it is just when can i hit free agency and i'm not saying that that is a selfish thing at all that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing when you when you reach that level um I think we saw some of the deals we saw uh, the White Sox sign some of those position players too, because those guys had yet to prove themselves at the major league level. And someone said, all right, Hey, you're a minor league baseball player. Here's a uh, eight year contract extension. They said, okay, thank you. Um, You know, there there's once you get up there and you have a year, especially like the one that Dylan Cease just had, obviously we haven't seen quite that from Michael Kopech yet, but uh, especially the year Dylan Cease had, I could see where you would want to, um, hit free agency and get 30 teams bidding for your services right away. Uh, listen, everything we hear from the White Sox are is that uh, this is just uh, just the start for Dylan Cease. If he thinks the same thing and, and his agents think the same thing uh, and think they can convince other teams of the same thing, uh, then it shouldn't be surprising if he hits free agency in a few years and, and, and scores a really big payday. And maybe that'll be from the White Sox or, or, or maybe uh, another team, but we'll see uh, how that goes. Obviously, that's a few years from now, but trying to convince guys not to go to free agency doesn't really sound like a, uh, a an easily won argument. We'll put it that way. 
But maybe they don't want to have arbitration hearings. So uh, Michael Kopech's got uh, two more Arb years left. He'll be a free agent in 2026 uh, at year uh, age 30. So, you know, if, if he sees himself getting paid, you know, two million basically this year and uh, Dylan Cease after being second in Cy Young, and maybe there's something uh, there for, for the last two years of his arbitration. But uh, I'm with you, too. I, I think Cease, especially with his ability, I mean, he's made basically every single start in his career, hasn't had too many injury issues. Uh, he's so focused on his yogi uh, 84 methods or disciplines. Uh, you know, I, I think he's he's really intact with his body. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cease uh, definitely does hit free agency. But, uh, you know, We'll monitor those situations if they are even situations. We'll take another break here, and then we'll uh, let you know a little bit more about Liam and his Legos. Uh, but we do want to let you know about ComEd. ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. ComEd offers a free facility assessments that finds that help can help find energy saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipments, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. And these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they could start working on immediately. And each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's comed.com slash poweringbiz. And if you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, call us at 1-855-433-270 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. Again, that's 1-855-433-2700. Also got to let you know about DraftKings Sportsbook. The playoff picture is locked in. Already had some games on Saturday, got some games on Sunday. There's a game on Monday as well. And my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off to the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can just bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place an NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet up to $10. Action so good. Why bet on the NFL playoffs anywhere else? You guys were watching the NFL playoffs on Saturday. I picked the Jags money line, and I wasn't sweating that one because they were down 27 to nothing. I thought they were done, over, stopped paying attention. I checked my phone, and they won. So, hey, there you go. Sometimes you don't have to sweat it because uh, NFL is weird. Uh, but download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code CHGO. New customers can bet just $5 in the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, final thing that I want to bring up here. Uh, this was in uh, James Fegan's piece uh, where he talked about Liam Hendricks. Uh, but he went basically through... All of the charities, and, and we've talked about his charities uh, recently uh, in the past week. I had a thread on Twitter uh, just kind of going through all the places Liam has been connected to. And one that uh, James pointed out to me was Bricks of Hope. Uh, and this one is a non-for-profit organization. Uh, Liam and Christy, his wife, have don donated over 96 Lego sets uh, to Bricks of Hope. Uh, it's a Lake Zurich uh organization and bricks of hope was lost launched in december of 2021 uh and their story started over 20 years ago uh when their executive director adam uh was diagnosed with leukemia so i think you know his his idea is to connect 
uh, Lego sets with sick children in the hospital. So it's it's very fantastic. And now that Liam is going through this himself, uh, you know, our immediate thought was hopefully Liam's consoling himself or, you know, he's able to help himself with Lego sets. And it, of course, he's doing something to help kids with that as well. Uh, you know, like and that's before his his illness. And, and that's just the type of person that he is not really surprised that he's involved with an organization like this. So I did just want to share it just because who doesn't have a connection to Legos? Uh, you know, I, I know I definitely do. So uh, shout out to Bricks of Hope. Uh, and and obviously, if there's more information about Liam or uh, anything else, we'll pass that along. But uh, any final thoughts here before we wrap this up, gentlemen? What was what was your uh, your favorite Lego set when you were a kid? Oh, um, there was the, I, there was a fire station one that I remember building with my dad. Uh, so I'll probably say that one. Uh, I do have regret. There was a Star Wars one that's still in my mom's closet that I've never built. Uh, and I just felt I feel guilty that I lost it out. Yeah. You know, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to that's, drive to the south side. It's worth it, I think, yeah, for a nice day of uh, Lego building fun here All when right. it's 20 degrees outside. Hey, it's uh, the off season. Maybe I could do it live on camera. Instead of go. using my camera, I could build a Lego set while you guys talk. Um, maybe. Maybe that's yeah. an episode. Probably not. Or, or maybe, yeah, just yeah, do it at a different time. Just show would, it off. Yeah. One Christmas, I when I was a kid, I got uh, all three. Uh, well, I mean, there's more than three, but three uh, pod racers from Star Wars mm. Episode One. Put those all together. Uh, they had You had the whole collection there. Oh, that yeah. was fun. Yeah. I dropped right. one of them going down the stairs, I think, at one point, which is very disappointing. <laughs> that is not pod racing. I never that was pod racing. That was Lego. Cool. Never was a Lego guy. My cousin Marcus was, so I'd go over to his house and play Legos, but they would already be built. So we would just play, you know, I would do the aftermath. So things like the pod racer, things like Star Wars stuff, which I still didn't see the movie. I would, I understood what was going on and my cousin would fill me in on things that would be going on. Still no interest. A kid was a dick though. He's like, I'm gonna stick to my guns. Never watch Star Wars. Forty four years later, Barb. still there. We're gonna we're gonna pin you down and make you watch one of them at some point. <laughs> Seriously, just watch the damn movie. Like it's, the Kubrick it's a movie? movie was it? What's the uh, Kubrick yeah? Movie we're gonna movie? yeah, we're gonna peel your eyes open and make you shotgun nine Star Wars movies in a row. <laughs> Clockwork Orange, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I still can't believe you have just watch four through six. You don't actually have to watch any of the like the pod racing one. You could skip that one. You could skip the new ones. Just watch the ones with the older people. You'll like it. All right. It's it's the people of your era, old man. OK, I did like Spaceballs. <laughs> Spaceballs is good. See, and now you, you get the, seen, if you watch it, then you'll get the jokes. But even then, Spaceballs is better than Star Wars. I mean, in my opinion. I would agree. I, I agree with I'm that. I'm the only That's person who believes in that. No, I, you don't I, I'm have sorry. any basis I'm, for that opinion. I'm, I'm sorry, Vinny. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Vinny. Sean's the um, only one who could say that and actually truly mean it. <laughs> That's Herb Lawrence. I, Mel Brooks probably does. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. That's Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Uh, this could be potentially a big week for us, so make sure you're tuned uh, all throughout this week uh, at 4 p.m. Uh, we'll be back on Monday, but we'll be with you for, uh, at 4 p.m. on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel for our CHGO White Sox live show. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson, and we will talk to you on Monday. Go Sox.